Welcome to the One Up Project. Money is fuel that that allows you to do things. It doesn't need to be taboo. What you don't want to do is wake up at 65 realising you did something you hated and have regret. Go and find people who will give you advice for nothing. This is a space for personal growth and money chat with new perspectives every Monday. This bit of content, listening to this, is going to be a small little breadcrumb of something that makes them think a little bit differently. For all the things we were never taught but should have been. At the end of the day, the most important person is yourself. And if you're not happy with your own choices, then you're never going to be happy. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the One Up Project podcast. I'm here with Jess today, Jess me from Solutions Financial Services. How are you? I'm good, how are you going? I'm so good, thank you. Um, I'm really excited to have you on today to talk about a couple of exciting things. So this will be broken up into two episodes and make sure you go and check out the other one if you haven't already. In this episode, I really want to talk about how to stop keeping up with the Joneses. It's something that, for me, has come to my intention kind of this year because I wanted to do what's called like a low buy year. Have you heard of that? No. So a low buy year is kind of where you, I guess, put your own rules and regulations in place mm-hmm. to spend less throughout the year. Yeah. And for me, that meant spending less money on Uber Eats, buying less clothes, things like that. Mm. And I felt like the reason I was spending all of my money on that was because I was so consumed in trying to keep up with everyone mm. or be something yeah. that I wasn't or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. And I found that really stressful. And so that's how I came to wanting to implement a low buy year. But I'd also like to talk about how we can just do this aside from having to put rules and regulations in place for ourselves. Mm-hmm. To do that, like what are the emotional things that come up um, as a result of trying to keep up with the Joneses and how can we get around that. So the first thing I want to chat about is, as an advisor yourself, how often do people come to you because they can't control their spending? Well, I think that's actually a really interesting question because not many people have that realisation right. that they're overspending. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of people aren't conscious of where their money's going. So mm. um, we don't really ever get people coming to us just with that problem it's something that we sort of find out as we go through the process so yeah do you feel like a majority of people who come to you you find that they have that issue or not really um I think in general New Zealanders are just not very good savers like we all know that um so yeah a lot of people are not the best at saving um just in general, that's why things like KiwiSaver and stuff have been set up to try and yeah. help us change that mindset. I guess it's hard as well because people, there's obviously still a stigma around talking about money and it's mm-hmm. embarrassing to admit that mm-hmm. you struggle to stop spending or whatever yeah. it is. And so when people come to you, do you find it's it's for a reason but then actually it's because there's all this other stuff going on or yeah. like what kind of reasons are they usually coming to you for? Well, I mean, we're mainly working in the insurance space, so we help with personal um, and business risk insurances. Um, so that's mainly the reason people are coming to us to begin with. And then as we sort of go through our discovery process, we start finding a few other things that are happening behind the scenes that we you know, can potentially help with or you know, and that could be referring them off to a mortgage advisor to help get their mortgages restructured, see if we mm. can, you know, structure that a bit better or assisting with their KiwiSaver or referring them off to a financial planner to help with, you know, they might have received an inheritance which is just sitting in the bank earning nothing, you know, and things mm. like that. So we, as financial advisors, we sort of sit in the middle and help facilitate mm. all of their financial money stuff, um, which is usually quite good for people because they don't really know where to start and they don't know who to contact to get what done and 
things like that. So working with like one main person is pretty helpful. Yeah. For most of our clients. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to note as well is that there are different types of advisors who specialize in different things. But as we were kind of talking about before this, you would come across people who are in all sorts of situations situations mm. all the time yeah. end up having to give personal life advice as well as things yes. to do with money and you yeah. know there becomes a whole spectrum of things you end up discussing mm-hmm. how many people would you say are aware of their own insecurities around appearing a certain way as a result of spending their money yeah I think spending is highly psychological and emotional mm. as well I mean we've all we've all been there where we you know, looking on social media and we think, oh my gosh, like that person's really cool. They've got the perfect life. Look at their clothes, their handbag, their new car. Yeah. And you're like, why can't I have that? And so that's where we start just buying, <laughs> impulse buying um, and buying things that we don't necessarily need mm. at this current moment just to keep up with where we think everyone else is at. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can absolutely relate to that. Yeah, um, so can I, to be fair. <laughs> like, I've definitely fallen into that trap and then I kind of catch myself and I'm like, what are you doing, you know? You've got your goals, stick to them. Yeah, <laughs> But it sure. is But it is hard, I think, with our, you know, our age group and where we're at in life. We're trying to keep up mm. and save and try and do it all and it's, it's hard. You've got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah, and I guess trying to find like the ambiguous phrase, find yourself in within that and yeah. what you actually care about. I was yeah. talking about this other day with someone um, in regards to money and how important it is to actually figure out what you value as mm. a person so that you can prioritise if you are going to spend money on things, you know, that are like just consumer purchases or whatever, yeah. that they're going to be things that you truly value and you're not doing it to impress someone mm. else. And it's not necessarily even conscious decision that you're doing that. Yeah, You know, you might just subconsciously be buying something as a result of a a certain way you feel as opposed to how much you truly feel that will add benefit or value to your life. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of people also put two and two together where they're like, I if when I buy things it makes me happy. Mm. And it's that short term Mm. happiness that you know that (laughs) that kick that you get out of buying like a new item of clothing or whatever and you think, yes, this is what's gonna make me happy, but that goes away pretty quickly as we all know. Yeah. Um so it's yeah, I definitely think it, it comes down to having a bit of a mind shift. How do you think people could go about finding out what it is they value? Because I feel for me, how I've personally approached that mm. is through trial and error. Like, yeah. It's just been through spending on money, uh, spending money on things that I don't want and realising, oh, you know, I'm not going to do that next time or whatever, which I don't actually think is the best way to achieve that result. How would you suggest that people go about doing that? Well, I think... I know it sounds pretty lame, but I do think setting money goals is really, really important. If you've got, you know, short, medium and long term things that you're working towards, it helps keep you on track. Mm. When you're just sort of trying to figure out what you want to do with life and you don't really know which direction you want to go in and stuff like that, we do just spend for the sake of it. You know, Mm. we get paid every week and we need to spend it. Mm. So when when you do put some goals in place, it just helps sort of give you a pathway of, you know, I know that I want to go overseas next year and I need this money to do that. So that, and then start backtracking once you've set the goals because mm. then you know how much it's going to cost. Yeah, I love that. And another like random question I was thinking about was if someone is, you know, often when us young people are trying mm. to make plans for life, we don't mm. know what we want, we don't know what our goals are, we might not even know if we want to purchase a home yeah. or go overseas or whatever that is, how would someone approach their money situation if they don't really have any clear direction of what they are wanting to do, do you think? Yeah, that's a hard one. And I also just 
back on the trap of you know keeping up with the Joneses people do fall into that trap of I need to buy a house mm. in my you know and they see people on Instagram and stuff buying a house in their early 20s and then you're like why am I not doing that and not everyone has the same plan like mm. some people don't want to buy a house and that's you know that's totally fine not everyone has to buy a house you can rent quite happily for your mm. whole life if that's what you want it kind of does come down to some sort of trial and error you know when when you're young you do you are just trying to figure out what you want to do with your life what career you want to get into do you want to travel that sort of, do you want to buy a house what mm. are, and i think just sort of putting pen to paper talking to people around you um, talking to your friends, partner, family, you know, looking online. This is the biggest thing is people can talk to financial advisors for free if they want to. <laughs> yes, so such it's a good like, thing to touch on. Yeah, so it's like why if you don't know what you want to do, you don't really know what you're saving for, um, but you know you want to get some sort of plan in place, why don't you just find a financial advisor that you like yeah. and have a chat with them? Because most of them will meet with you for free and you can have like a discovery meeting. Yeah. And just like a general chit-chat. And if you don't like that financial advisor, you can just go find someone else. Yeah. So there's plenty of them out there. Plenty of us, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and you can just like bounce ideas off people, you know? I often feel like it's really hard to find an advisor mm-hmm. that you think you're going to trust that can relate yeah. to your situation. And it's so inaccessible for people mm. to figure that out especially young people because I feel like not many advisors in this space are younger and have like a social media presence or something that you can kind of look through Mm. and how we normally would make a judgment of something or someone we can't do that in this situation how would you suggest that someone would go and find like someone they like yeah I and I think you've actually touched on an issue with the industry as a whole yeah a lot of people don't have big online presences and stuff like that and a lot of our clients are referred to us by parents or, you know, existing clients. Mm. It's their children now coming through that we're now working with and things like that. So it is hard. Mm. Um, it is something that advisors are working on. But as we were discussing before the podcast, there's a lot going on. So there are some young ones on social media that you can definitely find. And I know that Financial Advice New Zealand has like a database as yeah. well. We're also going to be working on a database of advisors in our group. So, mm. you know, that will tell you like where they're based and what they specialise in and like a little bio about them and a picture and things like that. So yeah. you can sort of, it's almost like a little online CV. So you can be like, yep, I think I would like to speak to this person. No, that one's not for me, yep. that kind of thing. Which is exactly what is needed because like you just touched on, if you don't have kind of that generational theme of your parents having a financial advisor yeah. and then you getting one, mm. It does feel like the whole thing is so inaccessible it's, yes. and you don't have the opportunity to go out and get a financial advisor for yourself because mm-hmm. your your family or your friends or mm. your group was never a part of that yeah. kind of thing or whatever, which is completely, well, it's quite sad because it's uh, yeah, so untrue. It you can definitely go out and find those people. Yeah. Um, and I think having like a mini online CV or mm. something that becomes so much easier for people to access will be great, especially because younger people, we aren't, that prone to getting on the phone and having a call with someone and chatting it through yeah I feel like a lot of the time we'd rather make a judgment in the safety of our own space online kind of hidden in the shadows sort of thing um which yeah is just naturally how it is now so it will be great when that is the case for sure yes I'll let you know please do (laughs) that's my next project (laughs) do you have any sort of real life examples of how 
keeping up with the Joneses or overspending has affected people's lives? Yes, well, I think a few ones that come to mind is in the last few years we've seen a huge uprise in lay-by spending. Let's get into it. Yeah, so (laughs) I know I personally don't do it, but I know like a lot of, you know, a lot of my mates and stuff use it and it is quite attractive, but what people sort of don't really recognise is you, you're committing to spending money that you haven't earned yet. Mm. So if something, if you have a slight disruption in your income, that leaves you quite vulnerable mm. because you've already committed to spending money. Why do you personally not use buy now, pay later schemes? Well, I just think if I, if I need something or if I want something, I, I should have the money sitting in my bank account ready to go. Yeah. And if I don't, I can't afford it mm. because I haven't earned that money yet. Mm. So that's why I try not to go down that path personally. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm the same when it comes to buy now, pay laters. I'm also a very out of sight, out of mind kind of person with literally anything mm. in my life. Like if I'm tempted by anything for any reason, it has to go because yeah. I, I am just admitting I don't have the self-control to deal with it. So. Yeah. I also reckon another one is um, a lot of people rent clothes and stuff now Mm -hmm. and like it is again an attractive offer because clothes and stuff are so expensive now Mm. and you think I can spend 150 bucks and rent a dress instead of buying a new one but at the end of it you've paid 150 dollars you wear it once and then it's not yours yeah so those things all start to add up yeah um like I I mean I try not to fall into those sorts of patterns like I'll just wear the same thing I'll find something in my wardrobe or like try and borrow off a friend or something else but like 150 bucks is pretty much a day's work or more yeah you know so I think people need to realize am I willing to sit at my job for a day so that I can rent a dress for one night Mm. and just sort of being a bit more mindful about what we're actually spending money on I think is probably the key yeah it's a real mental thing, that one. Yeah. Because you then have to make the decision that you aren't going to spend money on this thing to essentially keep up with the Joneses mm. again because you want to look a certain way or have a new dress or whatever. Yeah. And you then have to make the decision that you don't want to spend that money and you're happy then to borrow something from someone else mm. or wear the same thing again, yeah. which is... In theory, you'd think an easy thing to do, but yeah. then no, no one tends to make that decision. Yeah. Yeah, I think it is, like, spending money is very emotional. Mm. I remember when I was at uni and they said, like, we make hundreds of decisions a day and, like, quite a few of those are purchasing decisions. So it's just being conscious about, like, even little things, like, should I buy a coffee today or should I just make one at home? Yeah. And then I decide I'm going to buy one. You know, so we're, we're making these unconscious decisions all mm. the time. Mm. And once you actually bring that into your conscious mind and start thinking about everything you're spending money on, you then you can, like, start making changes and not falling into the same patterns time and time again. Yeah. I actually have a good example of this from my own life for this week. I am going to a an awards night this Thursday and it's like a black tie event. Mm. I don't have a single thing to wear in my wardrobe. Oh, you and should I'm borrow something of mine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not meaning like I don't have a single thing to wear, as in I have things to wear and yeah. 
I don't want to wear them again. Yeah. I like actually don't have anything for an event like that. Right. And so I am borrowing something off a friend. But having to make that decision, because my other option was hiring it. So yeah. I either hired something or I borrowed something mm. that I was probably less happy with because it wasn't like exactly what I wanted yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm saving that 150 mm-hmm. bucks or whatever. Because renting shit is getting really expensive. I know. I think it's because clothes are more expensive yeah. now. Yeah. Like a lot of things could be made in New Zealand or made in Australia and stuff like that and all organic materials and stuff. So everything yeah. seems to be getting really, really expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've made that decision because I have to, because now I've moved out of home, I'm flatting. I don't have the like excess cash to be yeah. renting dresses that I did before. Yeah. Um, but even before sometimes it was a stretch, but it was a stretch that I could manage, whereas now it's not a stretch I yeah. could manage. And so having to make that decision is kind of easy because I don't have any other choice. Yeah. But it would have been so positive for my financial situation had I have pushed through that mental barrier before mm. and kind of prepared to live below my means to now be able to do it so easily now when yeah. I actually have to do it. Yeah. And so, like you said, I think it's about making co- more conscious decisions yeah. and trying your hardest to kind of think about what exactly you value. Because I know that when this event is over mm. and I wore the thing that I had to borrow or whatever – it's not going to impact my view of the night whatsoever. No. Like I'm not going to look back and think, oh, I really wish I had have yeah. rented that dress instead of borrowed something yeah. of my friend or whatever. I'm yeah. not going to think that. No. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't actually matter. No. And so trying to bring that into my decision making now is a part of what I'm learning as well, which is is all a part of, I guess, overcoming this keeping up with the mm. Joneses mentality. Yeah, and I think like it's hard because – some things do make people happy mm. and that's not to say that you can't ever go and, you know, put something on pay by lay by or, or rent, you know, the certain dress that you want for a certain event. Like, I think it's more about just picking and choosing when it's appropriate and when mm. you, you don't really need to do it and you could just borrow something off a friend or, or re-wear something again. Mm. Just trying to, like, maybe if you do it five times a year, cut, cut it down. Mm. Just making small changes, I think, is a really good step in the right direction. Yeah, totally. Yeah, because actually on the flip side of that, <laughs> another example I have is um, I I always get my nails done. Like it's just my non-negotiable, oh, yeah. I have to get my nails done. Most people, well, I don't know. Some people, you know, getting your nails done is like not at all a priority. But for me, it's always been a priority. Mm. I've never not, I've gotten my nails done consistently for the last three years. How often do you get them done? Every four weeks. Oh, okay. So that's say around $60 yep. every four weeks for the yep. last three years. And that's been yep. a non-negotiable. Do the math, people. Yep. I don't, I don't want to do it. <laughs> but I always make that a priority within my plan for yes. how I'm going to spend money. Yeah. And so I think coming back to what we were saying before about what you value, it's mm. really important to understand that because as ridiculous as it sounds, mm. getting my nails done actually makes me feel confident yeah. in myself, makes yeah. me feel happy. Mm. I feel put together when I have my nails done. <laughs> yeah, and like you don't want to – like, you know, you read stories and stuff online and people have cut out every – ounce of happiness in their lives to save for their first time deposit and stuff and that's just not me yeah like I still want to live life you know I still want to go out and have a a drink and yeah be able to buy a cocktail or you Mm. know go out for dinner occasionally and things like that like I think happiness is actually really important in people's lives so like you know if, if, if that's what makes you happy like you do just have to find the happy medium mm 
of not blowing all your disposable income on, um, you know, wants, yeah. but just trying to find what are your non-negotiables and then factoring those in, I guess, to your yeah. overall budget. Adjust for it. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's about making compromises, I suppose, because me spending $60 on my nails every four weeks means yeah. I don't have that money to spend elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, and often, like, doing this or realising that, we're keeping up with the Joneses and spending all of our money can lead to a lot of overwhelm and mm. stress mm. because we actually just can't keep up. No. Like it gets to the point where you you actually just realise I can't and you're yeah. almost just so overwhelmed by it mm. all that you don't know where to go from here. And so if someone starts to feel like that, how how do we begin to fix it? What do you want in mm. life? Like figuring out again your goals in life. Mm. Is it to look good on Instagram? I don't think so. Well, I mean, it might be if you're an influence or something, but that's like not, that's not my goals. And it's not a lot of, you know, everyday people's goals. It's to, they want to go overseas in a few years or they want to save to buy a house in 10 years or things like that. And like we do, we make decisions every day about where our money's going. And so if you can actually sit down and have a look at where your money has been going in the past and figuring out, where you're wasting money essentially Mm. and then going from there that's like the first step to realizing I earn x amount of dollars these are my goals for the future this is how much I'll need how can I get there Mm. I think another in addition to that understanding where your money is going like Mm. you said like looking back through is so confronting and might initially lead to slightly more overwhelmed but I think long term it is so beneficial to have an understanding of what you're spending your money on because when you think about it and I know that there'll be people listening who want to do something about organizing their money Mm. and setting themselves up for the future but Mm. you don't want to approach it because you're just scared to look yeah like you're just too worried and getting to the point where you actually confront it is so hard like often that's the part I think that it puts people off the most. Yeah. And then once they're there, mm. I had a message from someone the other day actually that said, you know, I hadn't done any kind of budgeting in my mm. life and then I listened to one of your episodes and I was like, oh, I'm just going to do it. Mm. And then when I did it, I realised, oh my God, it's actually way easier than I thought. And that's often the case for everyone yeah. because you either realise that it wasn't as bad as you thought mm. or it is, you make a plan to change it mm. and then you feel so much more in control yeah. of it. Yeah, I think if if you actually spend the time, and it like, like I was talking to another financial advisor about this today and he was saying quite often what he'll do is he'll get his clients to print like one month bank statement off mm. and then use three highlighters and highlight. I've what, done this. Yeah. It's so rough. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's real I've good never though. done it. Um, I might try it actually. might be quite confronting to me, for me as yeah. well. But you highlight in red like the things that you can't change. That's your mortgage payments mm. or your rent payments. Um, yeah. Your grocery bill, you know. Oh, okay. This is yeah. interesting. So I've done it in terms of breaking up my expenses, but this is like, I, this well, a, into categories, which this is doing, but it's more like the things you have to, the things yeah. you don't. Okay. Yeah. So so you could use like red for things that you can't change, and that's yeah. just life. Yeah. Um, and then you've got orange for things that are nice to have. So that yeah. could be like your Netflix subscription, um, Spotify, gym memberships. Yeah. Yeah. Things like that. Um, and then you have your green, which is things you're just spending for the sake of it. So that could be mm. like going up for lunch, mm. buying lunch at work five days a week, the coffees, mm. um, the clothes, the entertainment, you know, all that. I like that way of breaking it up. 
Yeah, I think it's probably easier. Yeah. Because you can go through something pretty quickly and be like, I know this is a red, I know this is an orange, Mm. and I know this is a green. And then you pretty much work out how much of the green, so that's the things that you can actively change, Mm. how much are you spending in that month Mm. on things that you could change? Because that's essentially your disposable income Mm. that you just sort of... Spending away there. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then with the orange, like actually having a look at how many subscriptions and stuff do you have? Do you use them? You know, yeah. are there any um things going out of your bank account that you don't know what they're for? Yeah. It's a good chance to actually make sure that you're not, you know, you're not paying for something you thought you'd cancelled two years ago. And mm. like, it's it's just a, a good little way of getting getting on track and actually figuring out where your money's going without spending hours and hours like trudging through all your last year's statements and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And then when we go to actually spend money on something, I guess, you know, in a store, would there be any questions that we could ask ourselves before purchasing those items to see, I guess, as a check in with ourselves to see if it's necessary? Well, I guess when you actually sit down and figure out how much money you have for things, you know, for wants, so usually people would be like 30% on wants, um, you know, 30% for your buffer so that's like your, your savings fund your emergency fund type thing mm-hmm. and then 30 percent on the things that you can't change mm-hmm. um when you figure out how much money you have left over that's when you can actually start budgeting for your wants because you can be like i know um i have 60 dollars left over for my sort of entertainment account each week and then you know when you hit that amount Sorry, you just can't buy anything else. Like you've spent your money, mm. and not like, and it is like a big mental game, you know. If you've got your savings account accessible through your phone app, a lot of people might just think, "Oh, I really feel like it, so I'm just going to flick two hundred bucks over mm. to my Go account and just use it." You know, like how many times have we talked to friends and they're like, oh, "I'm just sorry, I'm just transferring money across from my savings account." Yeah, I don't, I do that all the time. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I've definitely done it as well. Like I'm not trying to no, <laughs> make yeah. out that I'm sort of some sort of saint, you know. Um, but it's like just little things like separating that savings account away. Yeah. Like even a different yeah. bank or something, something where you, you're not, it's like, it's really easy for us. Everything's easy. Yeah. When you can easily transfer money, you're not really thinking about it. You're just making unconscious yeah. spending decisions. Yeah. I spoke to someone the other day who they like hide their bank accounts. So oh, yeah. you can call the bank and yeah. ask them to just hide them from your that's, banking app. That's really smart. So yeah, you don't actually have the opportunity to be able to transfer money yeah I reckon that's so smart yeah I think it's always good to have an account that you can in case of emergencies yeah but and and you often know deep down in yourself what Mm. you need and what you don't as a you know buffer or whatever it is first steps to organizing a budget how can someone kind of put that in place relevant to their own situation I suppose like it's it'll be a process of working out what are your goals and what are the things mm-hmm. you care about and then moving from there. Another big one I reckon is when we think about our salary, we mm. think about our gross salary. So we're not thinking about the money that we actually have in our hand necessarily, like each week or each month. Mm-hmm. So a really good way to figure that out and is... And so gross, sorry, gross before oh, tax. Yes, so gro- yeah, so gross is like, yeah, the full amount, you know, when you first get a job and they're like, you're going to get paid $60,000 a year. Yeah. That's before tax or KiwiSaver contributions come out or student loan repayment so actually figuring out the exact amount that you're getting after all of that's taken out Mm. cash in hand at the end of the week is a good first step Um, and you can do that on paye.net 
and it tells you like it breaks down. Um, you put like I'm contributing 4% to KiwiSaver and blah, 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 and it breaks it all down for you. And then once you've got that, you can actually figure out how much money you're earning and then you can start from there really. Mm. And if you're spending more than that and getting, you know, and you've got a credit card and stuff, you know that you need to curb some stuff back. Yeah. Um, if you're spending less than that, perfect. And we can, you know, you can just start working through what you're earning, what your goals are, figuring out where you're just spending money on wants and not needs and then like stripping it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did bring this little kakibo. This is quite Ooh. this is quite full on. This is like a it's a Japanese mindful spending diary. They wow, sell them okay. at Whipcools and stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard of these before. No, I haven't. But basically they're twenty dollars. So it breaks it down into weeks. Ooh. And you write down everything. It's quite like this is quite full on, but yeah, yeah. it's like a fun way. For the hearty tracker. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely for the hearty tracker. So if you know, if you don't really if I'm, you're not at this stage yet. Yeah, there are some other easier things you can do, like going on sorter.org and stuff. And like they've got goal planners and all that sort of stuff. I'm looking at it right now for the people that want to see what it looks like. Just search it up. It's K A K E B O. Yeah. A Japanese art of mindful spending. Yeah. And the so Japanese basically, art. you write down, it breaks it down into four categories essential expenses, optional expenses, entertainment and leisure, and un, uh, extras and unforeseen events. Mm. And then at the end of the day, you tally up. How much you've spent, and I used to love when I spent spent like zero dollars. Yeah, it was like such a joy. Yeah, and it doesn't happen very often, obviously, because you've got like things coming out of your bank account every day. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the week, you figure out what you've spent on your weekly expenses, and you break it down into things like supermarket, transport, interesting, blah blah blah. Optional was shopping, gifts, etc. Entertainment's obviously going out for dinner, cafes, takeaways. Extras and unforeseen is things like medical expenses or travel or getting a car fixed and stuff like that. And then at the end of, at the start and end of the month, you set goals and you set like your savings goals and things like that. And then mm. at the end of the month, you analyze it. So it's, it is like quite full on, but I actually really enjoyed using this. And I learned yeah. a lot about my own spending habits. And I learned where I could quite quickly cut um, things that I was buying, like coffees. Mm. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I still buy coffees and things like that because it makes me happy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just it's it is kind of yeah, I think a lot of spending and saving is you you do have to be quite mindful and quite conscious of what you want. If you've sort of got that front of mind every day when you're just out there, you know, swiping that card. Yeah. <laughs> um it just sort of it helps keep you accountable if you know you have to write it down somewhere. Yeah. You're like I know I've got to write that I spent It's like habit tracking, but for it your is. money. Yeah, like I would write that I spent like 80 bucks at Mecca, and I'd yeah. be like, oh no, I'm not writing that in the yeah. book. <laughs> so I wouldn't buy it, because yeah, I was like, right. I don't want to write it down. Interesting. Yeah. It reminds, it's, it is like a habit tracker, or like a food diary, when people have to track things yeah. like that, to keep them accountable, mm-hmm. it's a way of, of accountability, and that's exactly what that is, that's very cool. There are easier ways as well, like I'm with Westpac, and they have a cash nav app, Yeah, and I think ASB's got one as well, and it categorizes your spending for you yes yes um and then you can go in and look and see how much you've spent in the last month on like different things so that's yeah. like an easier way to do it, I guess yeah probably keeps you less accountable than physically writing it down yeah I but actually quite liked it because I mean like I'd, I'd spend five minutes a day yeah writing it down and it was kind of fun yeah <laughs> like you do start to enjoy it because then you you know when you look at the end of the month and you 
saved more than you thought you were going to save and things like that. It's like really fun. Yeah. Well, maybe not fun. So, <laughs> but fun. it's like fun is exactly what we want. It's motivating and it's exciting because yeah. you know that you're you're making steps in the right direction. Cool. I think that's that's everything I had to chat to you about today, Jess. Cool. Thank you so much for jumping on. I really appreciate your time. No worries. I can't wait to hear what everyone learned from this one. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The One Up Project. If you want to find more stuff just like this, check out our other apps or follow us at The One Up Project on Instagram or TikTok. See you there. Just a quick disclaimer that The One Up Project is an educational platform that provides information that is general in nature. There may be opinions or an individual's experience within this resource that should not be considered as recommendations or personal advice. Everyone's financial situation is so different and you must use the information within this resource at your own risk. Please complete your own due diligence before making any decisions based on the information in this resource. I'm not a financial advisor and if you require expert advice then please seek advice from a professional.